Hello and welcome to the Work Less Live More podcast with me, Tammy Thomas, founder of the Live 360 brand. This is a podcast exploring how we can ditch toxic productivity, work less and live more whilst creating the work and holistic wealth we desire. It's high time that we remember we work to live. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome, welcome. For this first proper Work Less, Live More podcast, I am here to talk about people-pleasing harming your business. But firstly, what's people-pleasing? Well, people-pleasers at their core are very relational people. We all are, but people-pleasers depend on their relationships for their sense of self-worth and validation and they unconsciously try to guarantee positive feedback from others by tending to what they think other people need and they hope that people will recognize their good deeds and give them a positive response and this positive response is used to fulfill their own emotional needs and longing but the thing is it doesn't because it can't Whilst we all need external validation, we all need positivity and big ups from others. If we don't have a stable core of self-work within ourselves, we can become dependent on how we think other people perceive us for our sense of worth and for ourselves. So we get caught up in an environment where our relationships and what we do to secure our relationships is like having Haribo when you're hungry and you really need a satisfying meal. It's also manipulative as being nice, being helpful, being useful is a tool to try and get validation. And I know that might sound harsh if you haven't heard anything like that before, but if you check it, People pleasers are pleasing in order to elicit a a positive response from people. And because people pleasers depend on other people for validation, they spend an excessive amount of time worrying about what others think about them. This means that their pleasing behaviour isn't a genuine act of care, even though they think it is. And, you know, people pleasers and their caring and doing for others they would pass a lie detector test because they thoroughly believe they are being kind. If you were to put them on a lie detector and say, your kindness is manipulation, they would say, oh, no, it isn't. I'm being kind. I'm a good person. I like to see the good in people. I like to be helpful. If someone's in need, I like to lend a hand. And they are so convinced by that narrative, they would pass a lie lie detector test. And the truth is, this behavior is not deliberate. It's very, very unconscious. It comes from a place of deep fear a deep fear of being rejected by other people. People pleasers want other people to affirm that they matter. They have issues of low self-worth, which means they cannot get validation from within. So they seek it from external sources. They want to be liked by everyone, even though they don't like everyone. And when people pleasers are being affirmed and validated by others, they experience a sense of false contentment, false contentment, which makes them feel good enough. 
So it's that Haribo thing I was talking about. When you're hungry, if you have a couple of sweets, it will stave off the hunger for a little while. But soon enough, you're going to be hungry again because you haven't been satisfied. People pleasers also struggle with boundaries because they worry about disappointing other people. Because the underlying fear is that disappointing others could get you rejected. And people's people-pleasing behaviour is about not being rejected. You think it's about being accepted, but really it's about being tolerated because you're not ever giving people a true sense of who you are. And the fear of rejection people-pleasers have, and probably very real experiences of being reject rejected, means that people-pleasers learn to minimise or ignore their needs they are experts at making themselves convenient to keep up appearances. It's more important to be compliant than to be authentic. It's more important to be convenient to other people than actually straight state your truth to state your true needs. And toxic productivity goes hand in hand with people pleasing. The crossover is wild. So People addicted to toxic levels of productivity depend on their work and success for validation. They spend excessive amount of times worrying about work and sometimes the worry can be dressed up as inspiration and motivation and the like. What people think about other, their work also dictates how they feel about their work. They experience heady highs when things are going well, but unbelievable lows when their work isn't received in the way they hoped because their work becomes about them and their character rather than something they do. Something I say quite often is, in this scenario, work becomes some kind of self-help tool. And you can see the parallels with people-pleasing, looking outside themselves for cues that tell them they matter. No practice or sense that actually I matter because I matter. My worth is intrinsic. I was born worthy. Not all people pleasers are codependent, but all codependent people are people pleasers. And I have a theory that most service based or caring professionals, so you know, therapists, coaches, mentors, healers, consultants, psychologists, even ethical product makers, Basically, people that do things because they want to make a difference to the lives of other people. My theory is that these people, including me, are high functioning codependent. Maybe not all, but for the most part, service based, caring, ethical professionals, their care, their capacity to care and the passion and drive they have from their work usually comes from a, a trauma response. Small T trauma, big T trauma, and we've got abandonment issues. But that's a matter for another day. So I'll leave that there. I'll bookmark it to speak on further on another day. But today I am focused on people pleasing in business. And people pleasing in business can look like having expectations of yourself that you don't have of your prospective clients, your current clients, and people that are inter interested in your work. For example, and I'm seeing a lot of this right now, service-based people investing in themselves with education, coaching, supervision, whatever it is, they are putting their hands in their pocket. 
they are doing the work to create the finances necessary for them to be able to live well and invest in themselves. They are paying what for them feels like top dollar to be able to get the support and education they need to serve their clients at a hard level. But the people pleasing comes in because we decide that it's okay for us to stretch ourselves. It's okay for us to do the work necessary to put ourselves in positions where we can gain extra, more, deeper knowledge. We can put ourselves in positions where we can pay to be supported and or supervised. But then the people pleaser in us that thinks we know better for other people, that thinks we know about what people need more than they do, that thinks we know people's pocket more than they do, we decide it's too hard for our clients to do the same. I see that in the moment, at the moment with people feeding into the common narrative of the cost of living crisis, forgetting that we are all in different positions with different experiences. Now, this is for who it's for. This is not for everybody. This is not a blanket statement because whilst we're all impacted by the cost of living crisis, we're not all facing the same level in this crisis. Not, we are not all living in a way whereby the hike in energy prices means that we're going to be living below the poverty line. And, you know, with the most respect to people that are close to living above uh, living below the poverty line, when you're living close to or below the poverty line, it's highly unlikely that you are actually seriously considering paying thousands of pounds for coaching, education, consulting or whatever. You're just not because your focus is on surviving. People who are looking for coaching, looking for increased education, etc., they are more than likely in a position where, where they are able to thrive. And I will go as far as to say, if you were interested in education, in coaching, in mentoring, in some kind of consultancy, some kind of therapeutic support, if you were interested in that, at the end of last year, if you were interested in that in the first quarter of this year, if you were interested in that at the beginning of the summer, it's highly unlikely that you are now in a position where the cost of living crisis is going to prevent you from investing in work that is going to provide you a return on your investment that's going to enable your business to grow. People pleasing has good intentions, but it actually disempowers. People pleasing in the way that is happening at the moment, in terms of deciding what your clients or prospective clients can or cannot invest in, you're disempowering them. And in terms of yourself, if you were thinking, um, oh my goodness, the cost of living crisis, but it's not actually affecting you in the way it is other people, you're also people pleasing in that your boundaries have become really porous, you're soaking up the energy of other people and you are internalising other people's struggle as if it's your own when it's not. This happened at the beginning of the pandemic. I remember people at the beginning of the pandemic saying the pandemic is a leveller and very quickly we saw the pandemic was not a leveller. If you were somebody who was in an okay or good 
or great financial position before the pandemic, you had a very different experience to people who were living close to or below the poverty line. It's really, really important that we have boundaries and we can have some separation between the care and empathy we have for others and absorbing it as our own. When you decide that there are things going on in your in the world and therefore your clients cannot invest, what you're saying is it's okay for you to take a calculated risk and invest in yourself so that you can back yourself, so that you can invest and get um, the return of your investment and enjoy the fruits of your labour, but you're denying the people that want to work with you the opportunity to do the same. Nah, man, we need to come off that. We need to come off that. Just listen. You believing that you are being a nice person, that you are being a caring person and not selling, lowering your prices, not showing up, you're not caring for anybody. Taking away from yourself does not provide for others. Why is it okay for you to put yourself in a position where you are investing in things for your development, but it's not okay for other people to do the same. When we do this, we put ourselves in a position where we don't show up powerfully because we've assumed the potential worry of others. This means you can't show up as the leader you are. You're not in leadership energy. Now, I don't know about you, but I'm not investing in anyone that seems to be unsure of who they are. I'm not investing in anyone who doesn't show up as a leader. And um, I'm not I'm not investing in anybody who plays hide and seek with their power. This isn't about people being introverted or extroverted. I know some very powerful introverts. This isn't about being loud. This isn't about being visibly everywhere. It's about presence and energy. It's about whether or not I feel safe. It's about whether or not I feel like I can trust you. It's like, can I sense that you're not owning yourself? If I sense that, it's going to make it very hard for others to show up as they are and feel safe enough that you are holding a space that's big enough for them. Now, I'm not saying that we can guarantee people's safety. It's not about that. But think about the people you have invested in working with. Would you have invested in them if they weren't demonstrating that they had the capacity to hold space for you? And I'm not talking about um, seeking people that can lead you in some kind of pedestal guru vibe. But when we're investing with people to support us with our growth and our development, we want people that can lead us to a lesser or greater degree, usually a greater degree. We want people that are going to work in partnership with us, but we want people who are in their leadership energy. And if you are dicking around people pleasing and deciding that your clients, your prospective clients, the people, the human beings who are of sound mind, who are of sound heart, who are creative, resourceful and whole, who are courageous enough to want to invest with you. If you're deciding that they can't invest with you because it's too hard, but it's not that it's not so hard that you can't invest in you. What on earth are you saying? What you're saying is it's OK for you to make peace with and grow your capacity to take risks 
that will create rewards, but other people can't do the same. Make it make sense. It doesn't make no sense. So I encourage you to be out there sharing your beautiful offers, inviting people into conversation with you, inviting people to invest with you in a way that feels authentic, good and true with you. There is no need for us to run around discounting our prices as if they're not valuable. The cost of living crisis doesn't change the value of what you offer. It may change how you deliver it, it may change how you speak to people. It may mean that you need to step things up a notch so you're really conveying the value and the transformation you offer, but you cannot mug yourself off and you cannot create an environment where you are doing the work necessary to grow and you're not holding space for your clients to do the same. And it has a ripple effect. We are an ecosystem. When you decide that you know better than the healthy adults that are the prospective people that want to work with you, you deny them from the opportunity of engaging in work that could really help them move the needle on their business and you prevent yourself from moving the needle on your business because you're overly concerned with what you think may be better for other people. Yet you are putting yourself in the position you're protecting other people from. And is it, actually, is it actually protection? You're also assuming that your prospective clients, the people that want to work with you, you're assuming that they're not intelligent enough to make calculated decisions on their own. Most of the people that want to engage in work to enhance them, because this is about thriving work, it's not about surviving work. Most people that want to engage in coaching, mentorship, consultancy, they have decided to invest in something that's going to support their growth. We have to trust they know what's right for them and they know what they're doing. If you are showing up powerfully as a leader and you are communicating the value of your offers, you don't need to convince anybody. You don't need to convince people by lowering your prices or anything like that. You just need to show up as the leader you are and your aligned people will be attracted to you. So when you have sales calls, they will feel like a chat and the people on the other end will be like, do you know what? You don't even need to do all of this. I knew I wanted to sign up for this as soon as I hit the book a call button. But you do not operate in that energy if you're people pleasing and predicting what's going on for other people when frankly, babes, it's not your business. I'm not inviting you to spiritually bypass and pretend that what's going on in the world isn't going on, but I am inviting you to have boundaries so you can separate yourself and stop being submerged in a reality that doesn't fully belong to you. Yes, we are all impacted, but we're not impacted in the same way. So bearing in mind what you've heard, I want you to tell me what you are going to be out there inviting people to join with pride and without reducing your prices. You don't need to do that. You don't need to beg people to shop from you. You need to let them know the value. You need to let them know what's in it for them. 
And whilst we're here, I want to let you know that my hybrid life and business coaching program, Emancipate Your Business, is enrolling now. We get started on the 31st of October and we roll for a year. Emancipate Your Business is about creating a sustainable and scalable business that supports you to meet your needs and live a life you actually want to live. And doing this while providing a powerful service to your clients and inspiring your community. Far too many of us have been conditioned to use our work as our main source of validation. This means we end up basing our whole identity on worth, on what we do and how much we do instead of who we are. Intrinsic validation gets outsourced to work and other people instead of being something that's cultivated from within. And instead, we focus on arbitrary success metrics instead of what makes you worthy. This is people pleasing. And this makes your business become a self-help tool that helps you try to use your work to meet your unmet needs. In Emancipate Your Business, I'm supporting you to meet your needs so your business doesn't have to. We are emancipating your business from your unmet needs. This program is designed to help you befriend your nervous system and create systems and structures that support you as you are and help you expand your capacity with rituals, routines, with ownership, with leadership. This isn't for people who want to quantum leap everything and override how they feel. It's for people who want to build momentum so they're able to build their capacity to receive and sustain it. No more boom and bust cycles. We want to create regular, repeatable, scalable income. I've got frameworks that help you get clear on what you want and what you need. So this can be utilized to create a business that helps you work less and live more. No more busy work, doing stuff for the sake of it, treating yourself like an uncaring manager and their employee. No more scrappy behind the scenes. I want to help you create a business that is paced, powerful and profitable. If you're a sensitive soul with lots of power, somebody who really cares about their work, who really cares about other people and the planet and want to work in a manner that is caring with boundaries, Emancipate Your Business could be for you. This work is for people with a calling, a mission, a vision, values that go beyond them and people in their immediate circle. It's for people who want to do their part in changing the world for the better. It's for people who want and are engaging in work that promotes social justice and understand that emotional safety and equity are the first steps. My work is for people who understand that what they are doing may not come into fruition in their lifetime and see it as a gift for future generations. And I'm not talking about the money you want to make either. We're not deferring that. We are making money in the here and now. But I'm talking about people who have a mission, who have values that go beyond them. Things that, will make, that may be realised by future generations. I'm here for people who are ready to examine their biases, how they impact others and the biases they've internalised and oppressed themselves with. 
This work is for people who want to be seen and known for what they stand for and how it informs what they do. It's for people who want to prioritise meeting their needs and supporting their nervous systems because it's their responsibility and their right. It's for people who know that their nervous system is the foundation of who we are and what we do. It's for people that want to unlearn unhelpful beliefs and learn new helpful beliefs that will enable them to take action that is aligned with who they are. It's for people who want to create healthy boundaries that allow them to show up powerfully. I'm here for people who know they don't need to be healed to be whole and are ready to do the work necessary to facilitate their healing so they can be themselves, their real selves, rather than who they've learned to be. If Emancipate Your Business sounds like it's for you, in the show notes there is a link to book a call with me to explore the magic we can create together. Right then, that's that on that. Thank you so much for tuning into this podcast episode. I hope you like the new direction the podcast is heading in. Um, If anything has resonated with you, if you've had any light bulb moments, um, yeah, I'd love to hear from you. I really, really appreciate it when you send me feedback, when you post comments, when you tag me in your posts on social media or pop into my DMs, even emails, I really do appreciate it all. Your energy is precious and valuable. Your attention is precious and valuable. And I really, really appreciate it. Okay, until next time, take exquisite care.